Everybody say dislodge. Maybe not like I just said it. Dislodge. Dislodge. I've been on that, been on that track the last couple of weeks, and tonight feel kind of like the Holy Spirit released me and said, you know, you can move on to something. I think maybe, and I'm praying about this, I think maybe next week we'll do a, a four-week series on the book of Philippians on Wednesday night. Four chapters, and so we'll do four, just kind of dig into some main points in each chapter and go through that week by week. I just kind of where I, I feel directed right now as I've been praying, but as I prayed about tonight and kind of, you can go ahead and turn to Joshua 4, by the way, in your Bible if you have it or open it or turn it, whatever you would rather do, but go to Joshua 4, that's where we're going to land. But I've been talking the last couple of weeks, and, and I asked the Lord this morning as I was studying, I said, Lord, am I, am I really hitting home and, and kind of making this point clear of the fact that sometimes we have a door ahead of us, or maybe even a better, as we're going to look at tonight, maybe even a better metaphor is a journey. Everybody say journey. I think the metaphor of a journey in our spiritual lives, and even in our lives in general, just our human everyday waking up and doing all the things that we do throughout the course of the day, it's really a journey. I mean, you're born and you're raised and you're a kid, and how many know when you're a kid you don't have a lot of problems? Praise God. It's just kind of should be, hopefully, a time in your life where you're, you're carefree and your biggest worry is whether you got to take a bath that night before you go to bed. And then you grow up into your teen years, and we all remember those teen years. I wouldn't go back to that for anything in the world, y'all. I, no way. Um, because you're so insecure and in trying to find out who you are, even really up into your early 20s. you kind of just feeling your way out. And, of course, you get up into your mid-20s, and, and if you get married and then you perhaps start to be blessed and have kids, that's a whole other journey that lasts sometimes about 30 years, I guess, maybe, or 40. It depends on your kids, but you kind of seem like you're probably, I'm sure some of your grandparents feel like you're still raising your kids, I imagine. So, but it's, it's a journey through life. And then you get up into the stage, of course, where you're an empty nester, perhaps, and it just, and on that journey, and, and kind of my point is, and where the, the Lord led me this morning when I was praying about it, because I was trying to figure out, I talked about the first week of dislodging dishonor. In other words, the, the journey through life has many doors that you'll go through. And those doors are transitions from one stage of life or even one promise of God or one place of maturity to another place of maturity. And my point the last couple of weeks is it's a lot of times the things that we don't think of that keep us from going through the door. I shared the first week and I'll share it the third week of I was trying to open a door in Holland's room to get in behind it and get a few things out and kind of clean her closet up here a while back. And when I went to push, it was partway open. When I put to, went to push, there was something lodged behind it. So the theme around the last three weeks has been dislodge. So we talked about dislodging dishonor. I want to tell you tonight, your attitude matters in your spiritual life. Your words matter. How you think of yourself matters. So it's not really even the big things that are keeping the door from opening before you. Sometimes it can be the little things. And we talked about dishonor. We talked about last week about dislodging doubt and unbelief. A lot of times doubt and unbelief can keep us from journeying and transitioning. I want you to understand tonight that the Bible is very clear in this, that God is a God of principles and he's a God of patterns. He's a God of principles and he's a God of patterns. So you can see patterns all throughout the word of God that we can look at and say, here's what we should say with some of them. I don't want that to happen to me. 
And what happened to the people of Israel, as we all know, is they came out of Egypt, they go into the wilderness, and that wilderness was only supposed to last roughly a couple of weeks. It lasted 40 years. And the reason for that is because they came out of Egypt, but God couldn't get Egypt out of them. Amen. Come on, somebody. He couldn't get it worked out of them. So they wandered around for 40 straight years, never journeying, never transitioning. And what the Holy Spirit began to speak to me this morning in my life, this is my life. And maybe I'm reminiscing a lot about difficulties that I've gone through, difficult transitions. And I, he kind of pointed me back to every single door that I've transitioned to and through whether it be in my ministry or whether it be in Lee and I's marriage or whether it be in the life of my family or whatever area, sphere that you want to talk about that God is involved in. And I hope tonight he's involved in every area of your life. Before I transitioned into that place, there was always a season of difficulty and discontent. There was always a season like before I came here in the summer of 2016, I was actually... I've shared this maybe a handful of times. I don't know that I really ever have. But literally, when I talked to one of the elders at the church here, Charlie Simmons, and was on the phone with him, the rain was falling like it was tonight, just just hard. I, I even told him, I said, I've got this big conference this week, and I'm going to be speaking it. We've got like 500 youth that are coming to the church. They're coming down from the ramp up in Hamilton, Alabama, Karen Wheaton and her old team. We had this big weekend plan. We were feeding people. And I was studying for my sermon on Saturday morning that I was going to minister in this conference. And I either texted him or called him. I said, hey, let's, let's connect on Monday. And when we connect on Monday, we'll set up a, a date for me to come and visit the church and talk to you guys and just, you know, move ahead. And between, I think that was a Wednesday or Thursday, so, so say between Thursday and Monday, my house and the church and everything around us within, you know, 50, 60 miles flooded with five or six foot of water. So there was a season. My point is that the Holy Spirit began to talk to me this morning, and he basically said, Jason, it's not even so much an attitude of dishonoring others in the church or maybe a a doubt and unbelief being lodged behind the door. He said, sometimes I have to dislodge you from your comfort zone in order to move you forward into what I have for you. So sometimes we can become like the people of Israel that we will look at tonight, and we can get stuck in the same place for a long period of time. And honestly, when I thought of the the theme of of moving forward and dislodging, I, I thought, man, what better place to talk about a journey than the book of Joshua? Because the book of Joshua, Joshua is held up as a person who had great faith. See, Moses had faith to get him out of Egypt, and Joshua had the faith to get him into the promised land. And we are supposed to go in our spiritual lives from glory to glory and faith to faith. We are to continually, and I'll say this to everybody in this room tonight, from the youngest all the way up to the oldest person, we are continually to be moving with God. We are continually supposed to be, I found, and I'm looking towards you know, the latter years of my life and understanding that I want God to continually challenge me to go to new places in Him to take new territory for him, to be everything I can be for him. So we're going to continue along that theme. If you're in Joshua 4, we'll read verses 8 to 13. And my point tonight is wrapped around the thought that maybe what needs to be dislodged is you. Have you ever found yourself in a comfort zone? Be honest with me. You're just, 
just in a comfort zone. I want this church to move out of any comfort zones that we could find ourselves in. That'd be easy to do. The church is doing well. It's growing. You know, finances are good. We've remodeled just about everything in all these buildings. And what the Holy Spirit's impressing on me is we're just getting started. But we need to go as a group. We need to go as a family. We need to go as the people of God, just like in this story that we're going to read right here. And this will apply to our church life, and it will apply to your personal life. And hopefully you'll get something out of it tonight. Look at verse 8, and we'll read to verse 13. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. Now the priest who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priest came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. Father, as we delve into your word, I pray tonight for myself and for the people that are hearing your word. That for myself, Lord, that anything said of myself, of Jason Hanks, would fall by the wayside. That anything said under the unction and anointing of your precious Holy Spirit would go into the hearts of the people present to change us, to challenge us, to move us forward through the doors of, of effective ministry and life that you have in front of us. Tonight, Lord, help us and protect us and watch over our kiddos as they're in their classes. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever found that most transitions are kind of anticlimactic? Has anybody else had that? Or, or most events, I maybe should say. I remember staying up, and as I got a little bit older, my parents would let me stay up on New Year's Eve. That was like the most anticlimactic thing I've ever been. It's like, okay, you know, wow, it's 12.01. Yeah, cool. I, I didn't know what I'd build up in my mind as a kid. I just thought everybody's running around going wild. In my house, that didn't happen. It was like, all right, 12.01, go to bed. Or Christmas morning. How many of you, especially as a kid, man, I mean, you, you're pulling out the Sears catalog and ripping out all the stuff you think you're going to get or circling. We had, I grew up with three brothers, so there's four of us, and, I look back, we, if we tore the Sears catalog, we were in trouble. You know, it was, there was going to be trouble. So we were allowed to circle and write our name by stuff that we just kind of wanted. And then, of course, you get to Christmas morning, you have all the hopes and all the dreams build up. And, and my point in saying that is simply, or even I, I, as a minister, I've married a lot of people throughout the years, especially when I pastored a young adults group. It was like, seemed like about every two or three months there was somebody in there, you know, getting married. So most of the time I would perform the ceremony if Pastor West was busy. And uh, those, those are really anticlimactic. I mean, there's all the – and listen, if you're going to get married soon, and Alexis, we're believing in Jesus' name for you, sister. We, we're, <laughs> if you're getting married soon, plug your ears. Because I remember that after, of course, my ceremony, most of them were about 20, 30 minutes, and mine was actually an hour long. We had a full choir, and 
we had a couple of people swinging on from trapezes from the balcony. And it was it was quite the show. If Leah were here, she'd laugh at that because I'm like, Leah, this is going to be a three ring circus. A circus. I mean, we had eight bridesmaids and eight bridegroom and all that kind of stuff. But I remember it being finished, and it was really anticlimactic because I'm like, I fought with my mother in law for six months over this 20, 30 minute you know sermon here. It's hard to read this in Joshua 4 and not grasp and understand the significance and the symbolism of what has happened. But I've noticed in life that I have crossed through many doors and many places that God has for me. And I've never really stopped long enough to look back, not even look back, to continue looking forward and to point back at what God had done in that instance. I think we go through our journey. I think we go through life, and we can either end up in one of two places. God is trying to dislodge us from our comfort zone and push us forward into the promises he has for us by faith. And we get comfortable, and God will kind of heat that kettle up or begin to put things in your life that are going to start to kind of prod you forward. Or God does something absolutely miraculous, and we get on the other side, and we begin to journey on into the promise. I mean, I know in my life, I, you know, maybe, we've, maybe you've gone from completely poor to rich, and you never even noticed the transition. Maybe you went from some stage of life to another stage of life, and you never noticed the transition. But here in this passage, we see that God wanted them to remember. He wanted them to look forward to what was ahead, but he also wanted to just point back and say, I don't want you to forget what I have brought you through. And the reason this is fresh in my mind, again, is because this is right around the time of year that we flooded all those years ago. And I look back, the Holy Spirit kind of took me back and began to show me a pattern in my life that may apply to your life. There's always been a season of, of God dealing with and even making me somewhat discontent with where I am to move me forward. Or, how many have experienced this? There is sometimes great tribulation and trial and difficulty before you cross over. Have you experienced that at all? And that's kind of a pattern that I want to talk about because some of the things that he shows here, because Joshua, the book of Joshua overall, is very significant in this. In Joshua 1, and this is how God will begin to move you towards that crossing point. This is how God will begin to move you towards that open door that he has for you. In Joshua 1, God comes and gives them inspiration. Everybody say inspiration. God is a God that wants to inspire and encourage you. When you're getting ready to move to a new place, a new level, a new crossing, a promised land, something that you may have been, like I talked about Sunday, praying for for a long time, when God will first come and what he told Joshua is the same thing he'll tell us. He says, be strong and courageous. Why do they need to hear that? Why do you maybe need to hear that tonight? Because what's ahead of you, you should not be afraid of if God's the one that's bringing you across it. You shouldn't be afraid. So God will come and give you inspiration to hearten you and to, to kind of give you a good, a good cheerleader, so to speak, of saying, hey, you can do this. Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. When moving to a new place spiritually or even as a church, this is where God always starts. He, he comes and he'll inspire you. In Joshua 2, we see the investigation. The investigation that we understand previously, and I don't ever want to get caught in this, because when God comes and, and gives you courage and says, hey, I know it looks bleak ahead, but I want you to keep moving forward. When you get into that place, 
Then God will come and give you investigation. What's the investigation? We know that they ended up wandering for 40 years in the wilderness because they sent out 12 spies, right? And 10 came back with what the word calls an evil report. I call it the grasshopper mentality. If you're going to move through the door that God has, he's going to begin to make you uncomfortable where you are and yearning for something more. And part of what he does is he encourages that in you and he encourages you to not lose heart, to not be fearful and to begin to move forward. And then you've got the investigation where instead of saying, I don't believe God can do this in my life, you need to say, God can do anything he said he'd do in my life. Can I get an amen? That's the report God's looking for. God's not looking for you to look at the external and the things around you when walking through the door he has. He's wanting you to look with eyes of faith. So you have the investigation of it. That's the reason they continued to wander around for 40 years is because all they could see were the problems. Can I tell you tonight, God is bigger than your problems. Some of you have given up on your marriage. It's just never changed. It'll never. Can I, can I just give you a word from the Lord? Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. When you investigate that, don't look with eyes of doubt. Look with eyes of faith. Don't even look at where we are now as a church. Look where we'll be in 20 years because that's where God is taking us. In other words, you need to see the new season. You need to see the new place God is taking you. You need to see the promised land with eyes of faith. And I'll tell you this, when it comes to the thought of investigation, is when God's getting ready to bring you over, the best thing you can do, church, is shrink your circle. The best thing you can do is begin to shrink your circle. Why do I say that? Because if you have people in your circle that are constantly telling you why God can't do something, but you've got a handful that says, my God is the God of the impossible, that's who you need to focus on. So when you're getting ready to do a crossover or a transition or or go to the other side. And then finally, in Joshua 3, leading up to 4 that we just read, but it's important to get these steps right, is God finally gives them the instruction. Everybody say instruction. God has instruction for you of how to get you from point A to point B, to get through that open door that I've been talking about these last three weeks. Because that's what the Holy Spirit, when I experienced that, was was for me personally that translated into me, kind of on this series of sometimes it is us that's stopping ourselves from moving forward with what God does. So in other words, you just, if you learn instruction, it's where Joshua is telling the people in in chapter 3, get ready. Can I encourage you tonight? Get ready for the blessing. Get ready for the breakthrough. Get ready for God to come through in that area that you need healing or finances or whatever it is. Get ready for it because that's the steps that God has. And here's the thing. You can get stuck in any of those stages right there and never make it to the chapter 4 crossing. It's true. You see, inspiration alone will not get things done. Merely investigating it will not get things done. It will not bring you over to the other side. Listen, Listening to instruction will not even bring you to the other side. So eventually you have to do this. The final step of Joshua 4 to go through the door that God has for you is you can get inspired and you can begin to look at it and investigate it and then you can get instruction from God. But honey, I came to tell you tonight that if you don't take the initiative to move into what God has for you, you will stay on the other side of the river. Come on. 
So you in Joshua 4, we see the initiative that God was moving them towards their promised land. So, in other words, I don't want to end up on this side of the Jordan for 40 years. And I began by telling you tonight, you can get stuck in what was supposed to be a season. And I've said this many times and I'll say it many more. A season can become a cycle if you're not careful. Because what did they do? They just cycled around the same old mountain in your marriage. It's like the same old thing that that old joker says that makes you mad. And your kids are doing the same old things. Listen, you've got to get instruction from the Lord in how to attack that thing and strategy from Him and strategy from the Holy Spirit of what is ahead of you that's trying to block you. And in this instance, what was blocking them was a huge river. In another place, in another passage of Scripture, it says, And they crossed at the springtime when the whole thing was completely flooded over. Church, you don't get to pick your river that God calls you to cross. But I'm telling you tonight, you can choose what you carry over the river. And I won't even say over tonight. Because when I read this today, God began to just revisit some times where everything looked like it was going down for me. And I came to declare to you, my God came through. Because it's one thing to cross over a river, and it's a whole other thing to cross through a river. When I went through the flood thing in 2016, the scripture that I laid a hold of, and I've got a painting with the scripture written on the bottom. I think it's in Leah's office. She takes everything. I think it's there on the wall. And the scripture that just we clung to. Sometimes you just got to cling to God's word when nothing else looks like it's going to happen for you. Lost everything. It says when you pass through. Everybody say through. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. It's one thing to cross over something. Sometimes God will allow you just to cross over. And you never, again, you never even know you transitioned. But there's some of those special doors. There's some of those special seasons. And I call them special because when you're in the midst of it, to them, it did not look special. It looked impossible. But I came to tell you tonight, when God gets you into impossible situations, that is the breeding ground of God coming through because God does not share His glory with anybody. He doesn't. The only thing God is totally pleased with is what He does Himself. So they're looking at what seemed impossible, but God said, listen, when you get up and start to take the initiative, in other words, when you listen to my instruction and you take the priest and you put the ark, and it's interesting because what did he say? He said, I want you to go out a thousand feet. It was, it, was, it was a distance. In other words, what did the ark represent? It represented the presence of God, Correct. But God's telling them, I want there to be distance between the priest and the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and you. And you might say, wait a second, you tell us all the time, stay as close to God as you possibly can. And I think there's some symbolism there and some things we can learn when we're getting ready to cross over into something new and a place that may look scary and there's giants ahead and there's all these things going on in front of us is because when we can keep God out in front of us and right ahead of us, we can follow Him. Amen? Amen. We can begin to see where He's moving. And Joshua here did not go around, but he went in. Amen? Joshua was the first leader who wasn't worried about taking them out of something. He was the first leader of Israel that was worried about taking them into something. You'll get that later on. 
because it's true. In Joshua 3 and 4, you see that, in other words, we're, we're, in, we're always in various stages of journeying and transition. If you don't understand that about your life, and you don't understand that it's certainly about your spiritual life, I've seen people get discouraged. I've seen people give up. I've seen people turn back. I've seen people just kind of say, well, you know, the, the wilderness just ain't that bad. Listen, you weren't meant to dwell in the wilderness. You were meant to dwell in the promises of God and in, in what he wants you to dwell in. So the first, if you think about it, the first transition that they had was from slaves to survivors. And I don't want this church, anybody in here, including myself, to ever settle for just being a survivor because he wanted to take them from survivors to settling into the promises of God. That's totally different, but that takes transition. That takes faith. That takes a, listen, that takes a moving into the territory and beginning to take over. That means identifying the doors that are in front of you, identifying the things that may be lodged in there that are holding you up. And God says, and you can see this in the story, and I want to encourage you tonight, you can say, man, you just don't know what's going on in my life right now. I, I want to encourage you that when God says that he works all things together for good, for those who love him and are called, it's an incredibly popular scripture, incredibly popular scripture, and it should be for this very reason. All those things that I talked about, the Lord kind of just walked me back through, going all the way back to early in ministry, all the way back to Leah and I's relationship. Um, going even back before then of things when I got saved that God just began to answer and take me down a road and a journey that took me all over the world at this point. And things that just didn't seem like they would even be remotely possible, I watched God's faithfulness. But I also noticed this. When I was coming up to the river, man, I was scared. I was worried. Some of you are even at an age where you're thinking, man, I don't know 20 years from now what even the world will look like or, God, will you bring that special someone into my life? And all the things that we think about and talk about and worry about. And God began to just show me and take me kind of just a quick snapshot, five-minute prayerful thing this morning when I was doing my devotional. And that led me to this. Of when he weaves something together, when you weave, when you knit or weave something, there's something always has to go underneath. Amen? I mean, how many have, have these throw blankets in your house? Maybe have a picture or something. I'm telling you all, if you came in my house, I don't even know where all these blankets come from. I think my daughter buys them every two or three weeks at a store, just sees them. I mean, they're everywhere, everywhere all over my house. Two or three over here on the couch. She's got four or five in her room. Wife curls up underneath one. We have a big comforter on our bed. She gets us a little throw blanket and puts it over. I'm like, but those ones that have a picture on it, if I had one up here and turn it around, has anybody seen the back of a picture of a, of a it, it makes no sense, does it? But listen to me. You turn that around and you see the beauty. I just came to encourage you tonight. In the journey that you're on and the doors that God's opening and the rivers you even come up against or the, thing, the obstacles that seem like, man, this could never come through. This could never happen. God is weaving something that I'm telling you, at some point you're going to step all the way back and get a very large view. And here's what we say. We say, man, God, haven't you been faithful? Man, God, haven't you come through? And it's so easy to get focused on all the five or six or seven things that seem to be going completely haywire and wrong and not focus on the bigger picture because I have learned that I have grown more in those seasons before I cross over and before I go through the door 
and before I see God open the river, then I have on the other side into the promise. Amen? Has anybody else found that to be true in those seasons of difficulty and dark? In other words, there's a when that needle go and the thread go through there, it takes it into a dark place and comes out the other side. And if you're looking at it from the wrong angle, you're never going to see what it is. And some of you have walked your entire life in disappointment and discouragement and thinking God's never come through for you, and you need to take a, a, a much further view back. And we'll talk about that here as we end tonight. In other words, your faith needs to look forward. Amen? That's what faith is all about. And the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God in the story, represents God going before them. Whatever you have ahead of you, I want you to know God's already there. The presence goes before you. He says he'll go before you and prepare the way. Isn't that a beautiful thought? God's already in your future. He stands outside of time. He knows what's coming down the pike. It's not going to take him off guard. So that's those times we can really cling to him. So in Joshua 3 the people of God had to follow the Levitical priest into the river, but God said stay at a 1,000-yard distance. And I asked myself, that seems strange to me. Because we're supposed to stay as close to God as what we possibly can. But I found this when I'm going through into a new season. I think the reason for that is, is God never wants us to get comfortable with the way that he does things. He never wants us to get, in other words, when you've gone through something, you said to yourself, um, when, when you're going through something, you said to yourself, man, God's going to come through in this way because he's done it that way before. God likes to surprise us, doesn't he? He does. And here's another thing that I see here. God never wants us to think that he's stationary in our lives. Amen? He never wants us to think that he's just stationary. God is always moving forward. Everybody say forward. If you can keep forward momentum in your spiritual life, you will be successful all throughout life because God's always moving. He's always pull- In other words, God is a God who's always pointing you towards your future, not reminding you of everything in your past, good, bad, or indifferent. He's not. We would get so discouraged and we would be in for such a fight if we were just constantly pointing back. So here's a few things as I end tonight. We need a faith that looks forward. Everybody say forward. forward. Consider Moses. Moses died. Joshua starts off in a profound way saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. And he starts giving Joshua instruction. Sometimes you got, even though Moses was a great leader, God wanted to be clear that that season is gone. Some of you need to let go of the last season so that you can move forward into the next. Because even as great as Moses was in the last season that they had grown into a mighty nation, God uses all things together for good. Amen? Amen. You even see wandering in the wilderness. They grew to a mighty, and they learned how to fight. They learned how to function in this whole other generation. In other words, Joshua was a symbol of a generational transition of what God was doing to what God is going to do. And I think that the church is in the midst of that right now. Amen? So we can say by faith, whatever's ahead of, ahead of us, we are going forward. We are moving forward. Don't let what is behind you make you miss. That's why I think he said, go out ahead of me. And we should always spiritually be saying in our Christian lives and our walk with God, God, what's ahead? God, what's ahead of me? What, what's out in front of me? What's, what's in front? 
And there are some things that you can't carry into the next season God has for you, so you have to keep your eyes on the ark. So the priests all go out into the middle of the Jordan, and as soon as they step down and the presence of God comes, it wasn't that God wanted them to cross over it. God wanted wanted them to go through it. And it says they went out and they stood in the middle of a raging river. And much like the Red Sea crossing, and it's symbolic of that, but much like that, they go out and stood. My simple point with that is, and I, I mentioned it the other day, sometimes all you can do is just stand. Yeah. Amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? Having done all, to stand. And he says it again, stand therefore. Sometimes in your spiritual life, all you have to do is hear the instruction of God and go stand in the middle of what God has for you. Why? Because God met them in the middle. He didn't say, go out and try to cross this on your own. I want you to know when God gives you instruction and tells you to go out in the middle of this and stand, my simple point is, God is with you in the middle of that. God is there. So God met them in the middle. God will meet you in the middle of your transition where you're looking ahead and you're, you have, you're full of faith and you're, you're inspired And you're moving forward and God will meet you there in the middle of the difficulty. We need a faith that carries the good out of the last season. Everybody say the good. God told Joshua 4.1, When the whole nation is finished crossing the Jordan, take 12 stones from the middle where God met them. And he told them to take them out and Make a memorial of what God did. Listen to me here. This is why I'm preaching this tonight. Because I forget to make a memorial. Most preachers would say, you've made it across. You've you've entered into your promised land. Praise God. Forget everything that is behind. Move forward. That's true. God did something very kind of unusual here. He says, take these 12 stones in the middle of where I met you. Sometimes we forget that God meets us in the middle of the adversity. God meets us in the middle of the trial. God meets us in the middle of the addiction. God meets us in the middle of the struggle. God meets us right there in the middle. And God wanted them to take these stones out of there. And he didn't say just heap them up. He said put them in a big circle. Twelve twelve stones symbolizing the tribes of Israel. But we need sometimes to understand that God does. Listen, he doesn't want you looking back with regret or shame or looking back to try to go back to something. But just in the same way that the presence of God continued to move forward out here, and he wanted them to keep their eyes on the promises ahead, that's great and wonderful. But sometimes you've got to point back and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has brought me through. I I went back and I said, man, there's a pattern here, Lord. And this is just for me, but I see it in the Word of God as I'm trying to explain tonight. I've seen a a pattern here because I want to tell some of you, some of you that are maybe in the deepest, darkest pit or difficulty that you're in right now, I want to shine light on that and tell you that that is God's preparation time and His instruction time to finally give you a plan and a purpose and instruction on, okay, this is how you're going to cross over into what I have for you. But don't forget God when you get on the other side. Because most transition happens without a lot of fanfare. Again, going back into my childhood, it's like, you know, these things just build up so much in your mind. And they had too. Forty years. A whole generation had died off and their parents 
continually probably told them as they're growing up, we missed it, don't miss it. We didn't believe God. Don't ever make the mistake of not believing He says who He says He is and He'll do what He says He will do. That's what those stones represented. God meets you in the middle, and sometimes we're so focused on moving ahead that we forget what God did back here. Listen, what God did back here is to help us and show us and train us that when you get to an even bigger river or even a bigger difficulty, you remember God's faithfulness. So our faith shouldn't just always be looking forward. Sometimes our faith makes us stop and pull something out of that middle place that God brought us through. And we just, it says it's still there to this day, of course. That was Bible. It's not there to this day. But it was there in the days that they lived so that every time that anybody would want to remember that, hey, this is where God brought us through into the promised land. It's important to have a faith that not only looks forward it's, a, it's important to have a faith that sometimes just takes a peek back and celebrates God's faithfulness. Amen? Listen, it, it's symbolizing what could have taken you out, but didn't because God is a good God. <laughs> Amen? There are things. In other words, he said, go stand in the middle. Go stand. Listen to me for a minute. Listen to me. Go stand on what is trying to take you out. Go stand upon, and that is going to be the memory stones of what I'm going to do in your future. So it's a celebration. For some of you, you can't change it, so you might as well go ahead and step on it tonight. Amen? You can't change it, so God just says go walk on it. The God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. That's what he's doing in this right here. And again, there's a difference between going through the Jordan River and going over the Jordan River. If you can stand the pool, God will pull you through every time. He's done that time after time after time after time in my life where he's pulled me through. I want to praise God that not only is he going to bring you through something, but he's going to bring you over some things too. You're going to get over some of the past things that have been detrimental to your growth. You're going through a door. It's not going to be lodged. You're not going to have to break stride to walk through the doors that God has open for you ahead. So we also need a faith to get over. (laughs) You also need faith to look ahead, behind, and you also need a faith to get over. In other words... Sometimes you need a faith to get over what keeps tripping you up. What keeps lodging behind the door that God so desperately wants to bless you on the other side of it, wants to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. And never forget, there were still giants in the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, there were still enemies to be fought. But they did it from a place, again, as settlers and not servants. They did it from a place of understanding it was God that brought us here and God will continue to keep us here as long as we're obedient to Him. Sometimes we need a faith to get over. <laughs> I mean, have you ever said, I'm just over that? Just over. I've said that a lot. Sometimes we get things that are trying to push you back and sometimes you just need to stand on it and walk over it. Amen? We also need a faith that points back. Point back, but don't look back. 
what your faith is looking forward, allow your finger to point back to what God has brought you through. Because, church, it's evidence of his goodness. It's evidence of his faithfulness. It's evidence that, if again, if he brought them through, and he's brought me through all the things that he's brought me through, which is a multitude, still continuing to believe God to bring me through to the other side of things right directly in my life, if he did it then, He'll do it again. God is not a man that he should lie. God's promises are true. So look what you have. I wanted to bring it out of the middle because a lot of times when you do go through a transition or a crisis or you go through a loss, most of the time, I'm just speaking for myself, when I went through many times of, of loss, whether it be a loved one, a family member, whether it be everything I owned in 2016, whatever, ministry, I looked at such turmoil there when God moved Lee and I to a different ministry, mission, missions-wise, and into our own thing at one time. And just a lot of things were going on. I, I look back and see that pattern. So everybody say, look forward. forward. Stand between. between. Carry it out. Get over. And point back. Because when your eyes are fixed on his presence and him and you're moving on into, remember what was ahead. It was Jericho, right? They had no confidence that they could ever make those walls fall. Their God was with them and they followed his instructions. But listen. There's always a sense that God wanted them to, to just stop sometimes and not look back, but point back at the faithfulness of God and what he had done. It's a memorial. Two and a half years now, we've all certainly been through difficulties and darkness and dark times, losing loved ones. Some in this very church took a stand in certain areas and lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. They have kids. The difficulties, the places. So when we memorialize, I found this in my life, and you know this is true, especially if you've lived enough of life. You're either going to memorialize your misery or you're going to memorialize your miracles. And that's what God was telling them to do. Don't memorialize the 40 years in the wilderness. This is a new season. My whole point in preaching this the last few weeks, and there's a multitude. We could go the rest of the year and, and pick up and talk about different attitudes and even words that we're saying and speaking over a situation or issues in your marriage. I mean, we, we tend to forget that Jesus says, if you don't treat your spouse right, your prayers aren't going to be answered. But we have a tendency as, as, as human beings to memorialize the misery in the past. And God just says, hey, get your eyes focused forward. Get your eyes focused on what I can do. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? And he was telling them, stand with me tonight. He was telling them, when you're, you or your children or their children's children come back this way, 
then it will be a memorial of the faithfulness of God. I came to tell you tonight as I end this little series about going through a door. This is how I want to end because I felt like this is how I should end. You're going to be okay. Do you need to hear that tonight? It's going to be okay. I think if you could hear Jesus speak to you, and he spoke this to one of the old mystics hundreds of years ago. All will be well. I know that's hard for us to grasp on this side of heaven. And that's hard for us to pull, uh, grab a hold of. But whatever you're facing, Jesus' promise is for us to have peace that passes understanding. That even as he directs us and instructs us, and again, don't get stuck in just listening to the instruction. Don't procrastinate. Initiate what God is telling you to do. Initiate it. And get moving forward. I tell people all the time, they're like, I don't know how to figure out the Word of God. I've told hundreds of young people this. And I don't know if they listen to me or not, but I'll tell you tonight. I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't. I want to serve Him. I want to love Him. I want to do. I used to tell them all the time, you can't steer a parked car. You can't. I said, get moving on what you know to do. And as you're moving forward doing what you know to do in God, God will instruct you and tell you, okay, on the journey... Here's the next open door. Head left. Go right. And I'm going to bring you through this. And it's not going to be lodged shut by your bad attitude. It's not going to be lodged shut by your unbelief. It's not going to be lodged shut because of you and you're procrastinating on moving into what God has told you already to do. You will go through that door without ever slowing down. And that's why I began by saying there's some milestones or some transitions or some doors that we cross through. Listen to me, you never even realize that you cross through them. You don't even realize it. And that's how our spiritual lives should be. We should be moving into what God wants, when He wants, when He says it, and not get delayed on the other side of the river. But my encouragement to you tonight is don't be afraid to pull some of them stones out. Set them up. They're not just for you to remember. Listen, it's for some of you to teach your grandkids. For some of you, I've, I've had a ball these last few months, especially with my daughter who's just made a, a fresh commitment to God and so on fire for him and just asking me questions. Some of them I can't answer. Did Adam have a belly button? I don't know. I don't think so. Where'd you come up with that? Well, somebody on TikTok ask it. But I, I do tell her about God's faithfulness throughout my life. And I've shared this with you before, but I know there's probably half of you who never heard me say this, but my, and you know that my grandfather discipled me as a pastor for 43 or 45 years. And I had a real serious problem, a transition, a decision, something I had to decide. I'm sitting there sharing that with him, and, and he just smiled and said, what I just told you, it's going to be okay. And I said, you've got a lot more faith than me. And he said, no, I've just got a lot lot more experience with a faithful God than you. When you walk with him for a long time, church, he will not let you down. He won't do it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for doors. Thank you for transitions. Thank you for your forward movement and momentum. We desire 
this church and the people in this church to continually keep our eyes upon the presence of God. Because, Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. Let us not seek our own fame or the things of this world, but let us continually keep our eyes on Jesus. As, Lord, you lead us by your Holy Spirit forward into the promises, into the things that you have. Lord, I want to rehearse in your hearing and in the hearing of the people of God tonight. Be not afraid. The Lord your God is with you. Take courage tonight. Lord, we hear your instructions. We hear and we ask you to give us an an unction and an initiative to get up and to follow across. But, Lord, we promise tonight that we will continually rehearse and we will continually say that, Lord, we build memorials in those places that you've brought us through to just say, God, thank you that you're faithful. Thankful that you're true to your word. Lord, we thank you that even in the dark times, even in the difficulties, all things work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes. Lord, I'm here present in front of a whole group of called out people. And Father, tonight we believe and we ask that God, you're going to lead us forward into the promises that you have. Father, bless the people of God tonight as they go. May you watch over and protect them. Father, we speak health into this body. I speak over Leah right now, health. I speak over Lupita, health. I speak over those who are still struggling, Father, in their physical bodies with different viruses and anything else. Lord, we believe that you are our healer, Father. So we pray healing and protection over the people tonight. As we go from here, Lord, may it never be from your wonderful presence. And may you bring us back here at the appointed time, ready to worship you on Sunday. God, we love you. We praise you. And we're careful to give you all the honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' holy name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed.